Amen. Please join me in reading today's scripture. It comes from uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And it reads, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Let us pray. Most gracious God, Lord, we thank you for meeting us right here today. We pray that the word that you have are giving us in this moment would speak to our very hearts and minds like never before, and that we would walk out of our uh, uh, several different places or <laughs> our several different places, oh God, uh, changed with a desire to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. I really miss having you all here, by the way. In church when I was younger, there was this song that they sang uh, uh, often. It was a song that, that, that I cannot shake out of my head. It was a song that seemed to, to change the very atmosphere in the building, and that song was titled, Because He Lives. This was one of those songs that, that seemed to make things move and seemed to make things peaceful. It seemed to give people strength. You see, in my, my childhood mind, I can remember the song starting and babies stop crying. I can remember them singing the song and kids begin to stop talking in the choir stand. I remember that all the adults were, were either teary-eyed or just full-blown crying as they sang the words because he lives. The song says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds my future and life is worth the living just because he lives. In, in, in talking to many people, you might find that many would say that the best thing that Jesus ever did for us was die for us. But we as Christians know that that is not the end of the story because we know that after he died for us on the cross, after he was buried in the borrowed tomb, after the tomb was sealed and, and guarded, he rose just like he said he would and yet lived. Therefore, it is because he lives that we can face tomorrow. It is because he lives that we can live in fear and not, excuse me, live in faith and not in fear. It is because he lives that, that we can trust in God for our future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen. Now you may be saying, Brother Pastor, none of this is in today's scripture. So why do you bring this up? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. In today's scripture, we find John the baptizer in the wilderness baptizing people in the river Jordan with a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John then sees Jesus, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, and begins to question, hey Jesus, why are you here? Oh no, good sir, I can't baptize you, I, I, you should be baptizing me. But in the scripture, as we, we find it paralleled in Matthew, Jesus says these words to keep John from prohibiting him to do this thing. He says, 
suffer this to be so as it must needs to be done to fulfill all righteousness. It needs to be done to fulfill the prophecies in full to include this baptism. It needs to be done because even uh, you, John, know that, that God is going to show you the one that is to come when you see the Spirit descend on him. He, you see, in this particular scripture, righteousness is, is viewed or referred to as doing the revealed will of God. And so John is doing God's will by baptizing Jesus, and Jesus is doing God's will by living, by, by being born of a virgin, by being out of the lineage of David, by being from Nazareth, by living a life of perfect obedience. So when he takes our place on the cross, his righteousness covers us. You see, it is because he lived that we are now free from sin and death. It is because he lived that, that we have complete faith in the promises of God. It's because he lived that we have a new covenant. It's because he lived that we know uh, we now have access to the living God. It is because he lived that we have an example of how to live our lives every day. It is because he lived that we now know we can endure persecution is because he lived, that we now know how to love. It is because he lived that we know how to forgive. It is because he lived that we, that he was able to die and rise again, but it all began with him living. People of God in this Lenten season, where we are focusing on how to grow nearer to God, I think it's important to look at our example of how to live. Look at how Jesus studied for understanding, spent his time in the scriptures and in the temple. Look at how he fasted and prayed for direction from God. Look at how he, he, he endured trials yet without sin. Look at how he did all things in word and deed as un. To the God, unto God, look at how he did the will of the Father even when it didn't seem to make sense. After the Ash Wednesday service, you may be convinced that, that you are not too old or too young, too black or too white or too anything else to grow closer to God. But you may still be asking, how do I do so? And my answer to you is this. Jesus lived our example all the days of his life. Thus, we have the blueprint of how to live in this season and for the rest of our lives simply because he lived. What do I mean? I mean, uh, if we're going to look at how he studied for understanding, maybe it is our chance to study the words and follow our devotions as it is listed. If we are going to look at how he fasted and prayed, maybe it is our chance to, to pray like we have never prayed before, seeking his face and his direction. If we're going to look at how he endured trials, let us mirror that while we endure our trials. If we're going to look at the fact that he did all things in, work in, in word and deed as unto God, let us also do all things in word and deed unto God. At the end of today's scripture, we find these words. 
You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Growing nearer to God should give us insight on what pleases God. Growing nearer to God should also give us a desire to do those things that please God. Growing nearer to God should make us want to clothe the naked, feed the hungry, bear the infirmities of the weak, love our neighbors, forgive one another. It should cause us to want to live a life pleasing to God. And listening to Pastor Elaine's prayer request today, it made me smile because in essence, she preached the sermon before I ever got up. As this, this retired Marine shows up to shovel the sidewalk as he is sent by God to her. And it is in her heart to pray for him. It is in her heart to help him. It is in her heart to encourage us to do the same because we have work to do as men and women of God. And it is in this season as we grow nearer to God that God will give us opportunities to grow nearer to one another. People of God, if we live to fulfill his will and remain faithful, grateful, and hopeful at the end of life's journey, we can also hear similar words when we hear God say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. This is our season. This is our season to grow nearer. This is our season to be more dedicated. This is our season to find our prayer life. This is our season to love one another like never before. This is our season to reconnect with friends and family that we have lost connection with. This is our season to be the, the, the living image uh, that God has called us to be. This is our season to show the world, Jesus, this is our season and I believe that as we seek to be more connected, I believe as we seek to be more connected, I believe as we seek to be more connected to our God, God will provide opportunity after opportunity for us to fulfill his revealed will in this earth, just as we have seen in the life of our Savior, Jesus Christ.